Hey, remember us? It's the A to Z podcast. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. At Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast and A to Z podcast dot com. We're presented, as always, by Cleveland Scene, by the Honeymoon Grill, by American Fireworks. Always open, even during this time, uh, at AmericanFireworks.com. Uh, believe it or not, it is May this week. It looks like our uh, graduations and our graduation celebrations are going to have to be a little different this year. Spice them up by calling American Fireworks. Yeah. Dre, they don't let me write their copy, but if they did, it'd be like, blow shit up graduation style with American Fireworks. <laughs> right. And you, you make a good point, though. American Fireworks would be the perfect place. We can't have the normal birthdays and normal celebrations. Hell, Mother's Day is a couple weeks away. Blow your mother away and give her some fireworks. Some surprise her if you haven't been able been over. They tell her it's essential to come out back and see her blow it up. They do it in Wadsworth all the time. Sometimes it's gunshots, but hell, most of the time, I think... It's fireworks. I may even do it. But seriously, love- <laughs> graduations being what they are, go get some American fireworks. And this is why I said, I'll write the copy, not you, because you just said, scare the <laughs> shit out of your mother with American fireworks. Hey, the kids will love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the fireworks are in the holster and the parade is planned after the Browns draft. Oh. We've done this before. Oh. Uh, I think they did a real solid job. You know, all your worries, right? First-time guy, yeah. uh, you know, we'll see how these players turn out. And it looks like, unfortunately, it'll be months before they even get to the facility and put on a uniform and go through a practice. But had a couple glaring needs. I thought they had three glaring needs. They addressed two of them. They got their top-rated tackle. They got a guy in Grant Delpit who, by everything about his pedigree, says he's ready to play and be a playmaker yeah. uh, from day one. Um, they added another pick, which was always part of the strategy. You know, draft grades are what they are, and in this environment where there's really nothing going on, you're even in the part where you're arguing about the draft grades and, and the process of the draft grades. But the process of the draft in terms of accomplishing what they wanted to, not having anything that makes you say, what are they doing, um, adding pieces, and then taking that final shot on Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like, I can nitpick. I can't complain. We'll see how it all turns out. No, no doubt. Um, the Delta pick I love um, – and look, I'm a huge Antonio Winfield. I think I'm a bigger Antonio Winfield Jr. fan than most, only because his dad baptized me 30 years ago, um, or 25 years ago. I'm all right with Delphi. And I hear people talking about people were killing him for his last two games that he had in college. He wasn't great in the college playoffs. And I know we don't like putting injuries into it. The kid had a high ankle sprain. And most of the time when you have a high ankle sprain, uh, we saw it with, with Miles Garrett in his rookie season. We've seen it in, in multiple different positions and situations in sports. Uh, when you get a high ankle sprain, you are half the player that you used to be because you're playing on half a leg. Uh, you're playing with one leg. This kid, is, as Zach said, is a is a stud-type player. Now, the question that I have, and maybe this is why you select him over Winfield, Zach, is because I feel like, and this is I haven't heard any press conference or anything else, he has the ability to play either safety spot, in my opinion. If he's not physical enough, you can play him at free, and he can be a free safety and play center field and direct your defense. I think he can play in the box if necessary and put, and run with some 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 tight ends or most tight ends and some slot receivers. And really, the way the league is working now, that's what you truly want. I thought with Winfield, um, he was going to be a box safety no matter what. That was just me. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, we'll see how it works out. You know, last year was a totally different defense. It was a three-safety defense all the time. And then they were down to, like, half safety, and, and they struggled. Um, 
But when you're looking at the new age safety, I mean, Jamal Adams can play center field. He can also come blow you up, right? Um, right, I, right. I think that's a little a bit of an unfair comparison. I know they both went to LSU. Jamal Adams went in the top six picks in the draft. Uh, this kid went at 44. But that, that is what you're looking for. And I think especially as you shift to the second day and maybe in the Jordan Elliott pick too. I mean, look – I don't think this Browns defense is near good enough right now. Now, the building's not done, and some of these guys are young, and if, if guys like Taki Taki and Red Wine are ready to play and Mac Wilson's ready to take a big leap, you know, I'll gladly be wrong on that. But they're, they're, they're saying we're getting, with the exception of Wills, who fits this in a different way, they're getting guys they like, and they'll fit them in later. And so if Delpit can right. play two, three different positions – that opens up all your options going down the road, especially because the only other safeties you have on your team are Redwine, where there's no guarantee he can play even a little bit, and the two guys you signed both to one-year contracts. So you need that for the future, and I agree. Uh, that's a big plus with that kid. Yeah, versatility, man, when you can get it. Now, the Malik Harris, now and I don't want to be the big Buckeye on the show and, and you know, and make it Buckeye everything, and I think you tweeted it out perfectly. And this you know, there's a couple of things I'm not going to do with drafts anymore. Maybe it's because we've aged and we've been around them so much. Number one, we don't them because it just makes you just there's nothing you gain out of doing that. Um, so stop doing it if if you're one of those people that do it. Yeah, like you said, it was a solid draft. But the other thing is, I'm not going to sit here and say I know more than the next guy. But there are certain perfectly when it happens, you kind of mark down and say, hey, let's watch the progress of these two players and see where they go. I watch more Malik Harrison than the other guy because I'm, I live in Ohio. Yeah. I know he's a big guy. He can run a little bit. Um, does he fit the, 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 the Browns' defense? I don't know. They made a choice. It's something that we can look at back at. And if they're wrong, we'll know. It'll show up. We'll know. We'll know soon enough. No, no doubt. I mean, <clears throat> they get to get that extra third rounder, they pass on Zach Bond, right? The Saints right. wanted Zach right. Bond. If the Browns' linebacker core stinks, we'll point at that. To get Phillips, they pass on Malik Harrison, an Ohio kid, a bigger AFC North type linebacker. He goes the very next pick to the Ravens. We'll see who has a better career. I know. Um, <laughs> so, like with Peoples Jones, you know, and, and I, I haven't had a chance to do this and send some texts and make some calls and say, why did he go at pick 187? Um, so, so there is that concern. But, Dre, you're talking about big time pedigree, big time size. Yep. Um, yep. You've seen the flashes, even though Michigan's offense sucked, their quarterback play sucked, and he was a little inconsistent himself. He can play in the slot. He can play at punt return. And most importantly to me, he doesn't have to play day one, game one. Right. So it's like take whatever it is that pushed him down the board and made him like the 25th receiver off the board. Work on that. Let him get comfortable. And then say, hey, let's let's unleash this talent and go make people pay for passing on you. I – I mean, I don't know this about him um, because his pedigree says he should have been drafted in, in the second or third day, second day, early. And just when you know his pedigree, he was five. He, he was everything coming out of Cass Tech. And for those that don't know Cass Tech in, in Detroit, um, it's I want to say Braylon Edwards went there. It's basically the Ignatius Dementor of Detroit. Of, 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 of like they they have they have guys every year basically. Yes, they they win. They have they have if you're a stud in that Detroit. Michigan area, like that school just produces them year in and year out. What was his combine like? Because when I look at his measurables and you look at he's four, you know, he's five star this, he's that. I know the offense of Michigan was terrible. He went through a t- bunch of different quarterbacks. Did he not impress at the combine as well? No, his spark know. score. His spark score was off the charts. It was the same as Henry Ruggs, who went number twelve in the draft. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. So 
he's only getting drafted off of not putting up big production, basically? Yeah, see, I, I don't know. Um, you know, and I watch oh, no, a little that's the weird bit thing. of Michigan football. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. So, so many guys, the trick with evaluating receivers and defensive backs today is that very few of them do in college what you ask them to do in the NFL, right? This Correct. just offenses are different and defenses are different. And very few defenses in the NFL, or in college football, excuse me, plan to try to beat you 20 to 19, right? They play right. off. They, 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 they don't do much bump and run, stuff like that. They plan to try to beat you 31 to 28 or 41 to 38, right? So I right. think some of it's that. And, and I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to ask, and I promise what, what I collect off the record, I, I will come back. Because we're going to talk about him. People are excited about him, and I get it. And it's not just because he's regional. I mean, you're right. Cast Tech comes down to St. Ed's every year or every other year, and it's like first to 50 wins. And there's like 15 right. scholarship <laughs> players on the field, you know? And when Urban Meyer, who coached wide receivers – and tried like hell to get this guy. Didn't lose many recruiting battles, period. When he comes out and says, this is as good as a player as I've ever seen, then you take notice. And it's the right pick. It's just the right time to take that chance, and we'll see. And that's the thing. The Browns have turned the talent corner. Look at this roster, specifically the offense, from even two years ago, and it's night and day. So for so many years and so many draft failures and all the reasons for them, maybe not the primary, but a consistent reason, was too much expected too soon because the team flat out sucked, right? Yeah. Expectations yeah. on guys who are stepping up a level, who are dealing with getting money and having pressure and getting bump and run coverage and all these things for the first time. And now you got a guy who's 21 and you ask him to be really good when he's 23. All of a sudden, whatever the chances are that he's a hit, whatever the reasons are that he slipped, whatever the hesitation was of the 31 other teams five times over in some cases, right? that curve is is lessened by the fact that you need him a year and a half, two years from now to be a big-time player. Yeah. And you don't even need him that because he was a six-round pick. Well, and that's the difference. In, in all honesty, that's the biggest difference about where the Browns are at. That You go in, we start, uh, you don't go into the draft looking for a savior anymore. You go into the draft to supplement what you already have. And if you build your talent the correct way, the, week, the draft weekend is a good weekend because, as I said – you're supplementing what you already have. You have a base of an identity. And these are big words. These are words that we don't, I don't use with the Browns very often. Right. And I'm not, and I'm still not one of those. They're, you know, they're playing, they have playoff potential. I'm not there yet. They should make the playoffs at some point in time. But you know, I was steadfast last year and saying, just because they have talent doesn't mean you go to the playoffs. And that is something I feel like I heard it this morning on the Riz show. And I, you know, I heard Jim Donovan and Aaron's going, well, you know, they're a playoff team now, right? And it's like, whoa. There's still a ton of work to be put in, but they do have a base of talent and identity where you can say, if we can get these three things to click, we're going to be hard to beat. That's why you can take a receiver like this in the sixth round and you can say, yes, you have talent to be taken contribute anything early on unless you earn it and you have to be on the field. That's how good teams become great. That's why, you know, the biggest surprise of the whole draft for me, and we can talk about other teams in a minute, because I don't want to leave the Browns yet. But, like, we all thought New England would be steadfast. They would go get a quarterback. And they refused. They took it, like, I want to say in the, what, the second day, Belichick took the linebacker from Michigan, and I was like, Jesus, he's going to select who the hell he selects no matter what. Right. Take the safety from a division school in the first round. Like, that linebacker, he's taken that Michigan linebacker, like, six times in the last 15 years. <laughs> like, the guy that's like, 
he can only go forward, he can only do this. But you know what? Under Belichick's defense, it'll work perfect. That's where the Browns have to get. Even Baltimore. You see Baltimore. They had running backs last year. Guys that you think that they can grow with, but they go out and they get a better one from Ohio State. Um, they, and we all go, okay, he fits what they do. Every guy that I felt Baltimore drafted, I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and was like, okay, Ozzie Newsom's retired, but Ozzie Newsom's handprint footprint is still all over what Baltimore does. Right. They basically yeah. just said, we had no intention to take J.K. Dobbins, but we, he was on our board and he was our highest rated player. And we're like, why wouldn't we want J.K. Dobbins? And like I said, right. it, there's no games for months. But you know what the Ravens are, nine tight ends and read option. And you have B.J. Goodson and Sione Takitaki playing linebacker. Like, I'm not saying Jacob <laughs> Phillips is or isn't going to be great. He's 21 years old. He played at LSU. The pedigree's all there. I'm saying I, I wanted to see more than Jacob Phillips at that linebacking core if I'm going to take the Browns seriously as a playoff contender. That's fair, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, we, and all the talks we had about the linebacking core, about Schobert and everybody else, what you just said rang completely true. Go get a talent that you can put in the middle of this defense, somewhere on this defense, that can deal with what you're going to see in the AFC North. And I believe they did that. And, you know, this was a different type of draft, and we don't have the results, and we don't know all the stuff that happened in the background. But I felt like the Browns came to the dinner table on Thanksgiving, and they were allowed to sit with the adults. They didn't have to go to the <laughs> Yeah, they table. drafted four SEC players. They said, we want to sit at the big boy table, right? Right. <laughs> That's a great right. analogy. That's listen. That is such a great analogy. But this is about answering questions. And the Ravens, one thing that's going to hang over them all year long, whenever the season starts, whatever the format is, is can they do it in the playoffs, right? But yep. in the meantime, yep. it's can you replace Marshall Yanda? You know, can you upgrade your pass rush? Can you do this? One question that the Browns have to answer. Obviously, it all starts with the quarterback. But you know, Joe, Joe Schobert wanted more than you were willing to pay him. Well, was what was his worth to you? We're not going to know that for months down the road. Right. Good question. And I mean, like I said, no one, no one except the Jacksonville Jaguars sits here and says Schobert was really worth twenty four guaranteed. Until you start yeah. playing, right? Yeah, and, and you know what? And in certain teams, he is worth that. Yeah, I didn't think he was worth. And, and remember, we had that that and I had an argument. I think the guy is a good, a really good NFL football player. But when your defense is in the bottom third and he's your best player, you're like, you, you run into, he wasn't your best player. I think people get what I'm saying. I just don't feel like, but in Jacksonville, if he gets them over the top, then he's worth every penny they got for him. And this is the greatest thing about the Browns draft, in my opinion. We've talked for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, 10, I don't even know what it is. I don't even got it, like 10 minutes on, on the draft. And we haven't even talked about the guy they took in the first round. And remember when Andrew Berry came out and was talking about the, you know, Tackles are tackles. If you, if you can play right, you can play left. And we both kind of shrugged our shoulders. He told us who he was going to. He told us he was going to take Wills way back then, basically. Yeah. And if Joe Thomas can buy it, and you have the right, and Callahan as the offensive line coach buys it, um, and just and I I don't know linemen at all, but I will say for a big guy, and this is he's totally on, on my eyes only. His feet seem good enough that he can move around and he's not stuck at one position. I hope he can play left tackle. I like that he brings in the happiness to the team. What about it? Like they stood at 10. That was the guy they wanted. And, of course, that's what every team says. And every team sure. says that he was the highest guy on their board. That's what you're supposed to say. But they didn't freak out. And I think the one thing I texted you guys in our, in our group text message the day of the draft was don't get too cute just draft where you're supposed to draft. I'm okay with picking up extra draft picks on Friday and Saturday, 
But when you have a Texan, take a Texan player and don't fuck around, please. No, and, and they didn't. They they sprinted to the digital podium with that pick. They were going to pick Jedrick Wills. And like you said, I do believe them that he was their top-rated tackle. It doesn't matter whether he was or not. Uh, they didn't hesitate. They picked him. Part of the pr- thought process was Bill Callahan has done this before. We've got Joel Batonio to one side. We've paid other guys across the line a ton of money. The Guys like Treader, Conklin, they've seen a lot. Conklin made the same transition. There's in-house coaching. There's yeah. a system there. So that's the worry. Is your rookie left tackle going to get your quarterback killed, right? Uh, but right. when right. you look at the whole offseason, the theme was let's support the quarterback. Let's develop that identity, that style, as you mentioned. Jedrick Wills, of those tackles, probably the him, him and Becton up at the oh. top as far, far as just running it right at people, right? Well, the Browns are yeah. added a fullback. They're loading up on tight ends. They have Kareem Hunt as their backup running back. They have 1,494 yards from Nick Chubb last year, and it should have been more. We all know that. We can point mm-hmm. to what that identity is going to be. And just from on the surface, just sitting here in April, Jedrick Wills seems to fit that 100%. Yes, yes. So it was it was, it, it was whether you draft number 10 or 22. Just be solid, make sensible picks, and don't get out and don't get too pretty or try to outsmart anyone. Um, and I think they did that, and they were able to accomplish that. And I don't know for your for your dollars because you take in the draft differently than we do. And I'm sure on Thursday or Friday, our group messages were driving you crazy. It was like the fourth quarter of a game on on, on Halloween. The way we were texting you and you weren't saying anything back because you were actually trying to pay attention. We were looking at pictures of Lima was taking to everybody's girlfriends. <laughs> their own houses um <laughs> which worked for me um this, i gotta put this all out here and i was gonna say it on the radio but I, i'd rather do it on um i'd rather do it here on the podcast where andre can be andre and zach zach i you know we're going through this situation right now in our world where we're, we're going through something none of us have ever been through and i've listened to some of these daily calls my wife is taking on her business and different people on businesses and how you got to pivot uh, either you pivot during this situation or you get left behind and get lost and, and you have no chance of the business to keep, keep creating and keep being uh, you know, a, part of a, a part of this world. And I thought the NFL, with the virtual draft, I thought it was a joke. Um, I, just, I thought that there were going to be blunders. I just thought it was going to be embarrassing moments. And other than Roger Goodell just being Roger Goodell, having no real personality to be in front of a camera, I think I like the draft better this way than, than being in New York. Now, there's some subtleties of it of and I'll admit this and this is from reality TV from watching a lot of TV with my wife and, and the shows that her and her friends watch. Um it was kind of fun to see the differences in everybody's houses. Whether it was Cliff Clean Kingsbury looking like he was a the cocaine dealer from the nineteen eighties living in Miami. Um or if it was or if it was uh the coach of the Dolphins sitting there with his kids doing, you know, handshakes with his kids after they make draft picks or whatever the hell was going on with our boy uh, Tennessee's head coach, he still is finest. Uh, what was going on in their first <laughs> Wow. <laughs> from his girl. I, you just don't get these moments, Zach, when you put everybody in New York. I thought it was more real. I thought it was more certain. With everyone knowing that we're supposed to be social distancing and you're only supposed to have 10 people around. And I had a, and I had a debate with this. And, I, and I, there's no rights or wrongs in this. There are rights and wrongs. But everybody has their own thing. Dude, if I was getting ready to get drafted, and I had to have this conversation with my wife and a couple other people, because you know there were more than 10 people in most of those kids' houses. 
You could hear. You would see people peeking around the corner. There's 20, <laughs> 40, 50 people. And on one hand, at first, I like, I, I'll be honest. I was like a parent and like, frown, I was like frowning upon it. Then I thought about it. And I was like, and that's what's so hard about what's going on right now. Nobody wants to get anybody sick. Yeah. Nobody wants to be a part of, of, of somebody losing two weeks of their life or just losing their life or hurting an older person or a younger person that you're around. But you also only get drafted in the first or second round of the NFL once. I don't know the right answer, Zach, and I'm not sitting here preaching, getting up on a hill saying what we should and should not be doing. But I thought this, I thought this past weekend was a great look inside the people how we're all trying to deal with social distancing, with birthday parties, with marriages, with funerals, with, you know, we talked about it, graduation. And this is the best graduation that any of these kids will ever have. And I'll be completely honest, a week ago I would have told you, no, it would only be my father, my mother, and my agent in my living room. And I would call bullshit on that a week later, and I probably would have had all my favorite friends, cousins, and everybody else hiding all around my house. I don't know how I would have handled it, but I'm kind of glad that we got to see a scope into how one part of the U.S. is handling it right now. I would – two things. One, I would absolutely rather see that for every guy than the awkward handshake with Roger Goodell, right? Yes. I'm going to text you after the pod and tell you who, who I compare Roger Goodell to, and you're going to shoot your pants laughing. Oh, boy. Can't wait. <laughs> but, two, um, quarantine, non-sports, sports radio, right? We're to the point where we're searching for subjects. If one of them was yeah. which sports figure would you be for one week, Cliff Kingsbury's got to be on that short list. Absolutely. <laughs> he ain't one shit. <laughs> but he's on there. <laughs> Two one six five seven eight double oh ninety two. His house is worth four. The house he's in is worth four point four million, and that house looks unbelievable, right? The house across the street from it is worth seven point four million. That's what I do in quarantine time. I got nobody. I just look up. I look up stats on houses. Dude, dude, dude goes under five hundred, gets fired from a job in Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> Breaks up yes. with Holly Saunders and moves to his four point four million dollar crib in Phoenix to coach the Arizona Cardinals and gets the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> to coach a quarterback that's my height, Tony Grossman would call him something else. <laughs> he had a, he had another fine weekend. He's he's a big time performer. <laughs> anyway, um, the weather's nice today. Um, why don't you? Yeah. Uh, Tell everybody what you're doing this afternoon because I think some people will get a chuckle out of it. <laughs> it is uh, eight. Um, I have been home from Arizona since March 16th or 17th, somewhere around there, 18th. And I am currently driving to Progressive Field to pick up my luggage because I was in such a rush. When you do this, and I'll explain it a little better. Every year, um, I come out early, obviously, to spring training. And the Indians are real cool with um, let, they have they have two trucks, two trucks that actually drive from Cleveland to Arizona with the players' equipment, all the stuff they want progressive field that they want in Arizona, and they usually let us know ahead of time. They let the radio TV guys know comes on the truck, or you want to you know whatever you want to throw in the truck, throw it on the truck. We'll put it out there so you don't have to fly with it. This year, I was going to bring my kids' bikes, and for some reason, I forgot and didn't send them out there. My kids wanted to kill me. Well, Zach, lo and behold, because I forgot, they've had their bikes since we've been back home. Right. They think I'm the smartest dad ever. <laughs> but so I didn't send anything. I didn't send anything out on the team truck. 
But when it was time to boogie and get back home and everything was kind of going crazy, I basically left my two biggest suitcases filled with, like, my basically my summer, like, shorts, my work shirts, um, but a ton of stuff. Like, my two biggest suitcases I have, it's got, like, my kids' summer clothes, but I basically let them come back with a truck. And usually, in normal life, the first home game of the season, I bring them home. Well, since we've social distancing, I haven't even asked about my luggage. I've just left it at Progressive Field. And finally, I was talking to one of the, somebody from the team, and it randomly came up, and they're like, you haven't come got your luggage yet? And I'm like, hell no. Nah. I was like, I wasn't going nowhere for a month. So I figured today would be a good day to um, go see what the rest of it must be nice. It must be nice, but I really didn't miss it. But like the other day, I was looking, looking for a belt. I haven't worn a belt in like six weeks, seven weeks. And I, there's it hit me because I never went to the, I never went to the stadium and got my clothes. That's why. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing currently. Yeah, I mean that's that's the times. So that leads me to this. Um, it's about it'll be about six seven weeks, right, since everything shut down. So yeah, when that happened, I was about ten days from going on a, two work trips in a in a span of two weeks. So I kind of needed a haircut, but I was waiting till a little bit closer. Um, because I, you know, I wanted to have a fresh one for my trips, right? Didn't want to have right, to worry right, about right, it right. when I came back. I generally get my hair cut about every three weeks. I'm not anal about it on a certain time. Um, I go to the same guy. He, you know, he he knows I have goofy hours and we occasionally work stuff out. But generally, I get it cut every three-ish weeks, right? And thing is, right. I just I feel it when it's on my neck, when it's on my ears, when it's when it's time, right? And you know, I have a face for radio anyway, so. At this point, my hair is real long, <laughs> real, real long. And oh over God, the last God. week or so, it's kind of taken a turn. So, um, you know, you're the wrong person to talk hairlines with. You've been shaving yours since as long as I've really known you. Yeah, um, right. You know, and right. even when even when you, you rocked the high top fade back in the day, it was a low top high top fade. It wasn't especially big. High so, top fade. Um, I'm 40, and the hairline's not where it was, but it, it's pretty darn good. And depending on where you lay it or what angle you look at, like I was starting to get a little worried because I think it, 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 as it does for people of a certain age, starts to recede fast. But I got to tell you over the last week, this fucking mop has grown. (laughs) Like, I mean, I am just ready for a straight bowl cut, either a straight cut it all off or honestly let someone put a bowl on top of my head and give me the old fashioned bowl cut like I had when I was in first grade. And let it rock from there. What do you think? Uh, I say just let it grow because you mentioned something. Hello. Um, the next time you cut it wrong and fuck up, that might be how it ends up. And you may not grow it back. I agree. So therefore, I say, <laughs> I say just let it grow because at the end of the day, you have the perfect built-in excuse. Um, I think everyone has the perfect built-in excuse. And... Because of how life goes, you may need a memory or two for what you've gone through the last six, seven weeks. And a picture or two of your hair looking like complete crap and you looking like a true bum may be the perfect way to remember 2020. Because we get so engaged in today and what's going on in our lives now that how many times do we all say to ourselves, man, 2007 was that long ago? 2017 was that long? The, the Cavs won a championship? Like, the I'm taking from this 
time fucking flies. I know that right now it doesn't feel like it flies. All, and that was the last time you had an airline. Like, I'd rather have that conversation than you get a bad haircut and go, "Shit, I can never grow it back." <laughs> no, you have a point. <laughs> you have a point in that regard, and that's kind of what I think. Like, I, I've shaved it off the ears and, and had someone shave my neck, so it's not like right. it's total werewolf, you know, because that—that's what bothers me. So, um, it's long when I look in the mirror; it's like staggering, right? Uh, but it's not right. like bad, bad. It's just as long as my hair has ever been, except. In 1986, when I had that bowl cut, and God bless my mom for punishing me with that, but it was the style at the time. Right. Um, I, I think that's one of these things. I, that is funny because I heard I was getting ready to go on the radio yesterday. I heard somebody go, "I'm fine." <laughs> this don't bother me. Um, <laughs> if they were to open everything up on May first. Is there somewhere that you need that you that, what's the one place do you miss going to the worst right now? Well, uh, the local bar, but I'm not going there the first day it's open. Yeah, me either. I hear you. Well, for you, you live like you live in a place that um, it'd be hard for me not to go out in the boat, not get out in the water, and go to the bar right there on the water. Like that's what you look out at when you're writing. When you look to the to the left or right while you're watching TV, when the sun's out and and the wind's blowing a little bit, it will be hard for me to just station myself in the house going forward in like two weeks i don't know how you're gonna do it to be completely honest yeah um and that's kind of the thing now as long as the sun's been out, I mean, well first of all every day it's not frozen there's fishermen out there you know that's not me right um, right but yeah i don't know when the bars are going to open i don't know like the way you phrased it we're i don't really need to go anywhere quite frankly um you know I need a haircut, but that's not determining my health or, or my family's future. Uh, as much as my sanity has been challenged by various things, which makes me no different than every single other person, right? There's not one place I need to go. Like, almost every morning, I just drive. Like, I've been out by – I've only stopped yeah. at your house today. I was dressed as the Easter Bunny, but I've been by your house three <laughs> times. You know, like, one morning last week, I just cruised for a drive. I was actually going back to my house to grab something. They had a road closed for 20 minutes to repair a pothole or to change a sign. So I turned left, and the next thing you know, I was just in North Canton because I just was trying to get away. So, um, you know, I've been taking a lot of walks, uh, been on the towpath, um, you know, trying to do different things with that. But as, as far as, like, where I where I need to go, I mean, my places of work are closed. So the challenge of – of working from home, which I've talked about at length, which is why I go to the library, go to bars, go to different places, just pop in hotel lobbies and work. Like, I don't need to do that. I just have to have the self-discipline to sit at the kitchen counter or sit wherever, do my work, make my calls, and go from there. Right, right. And I, and like, and I think all of it, like you said, we're all going there. This is why I'm having a conversation. And I can just notice this weekend around my house. Like, you know, and, and, and like I said, we get it. I, we all get it. But at the same time, I don't. I know I can't be just selfish now and like, like, all right, for seven weeks I did the social distancing. I can't take it anymore. But you see more people with with cars at their house. You see more people having parties at their house. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I guess the biggest worry I have right now with all of this, because I want to go back to work. To be completely and, and, sure. and a selfish 
Sure. On a selfish part of this, yeah, I want to go back to work. Um, but on the other hand, I feel like I just don't want any hiccups. I know we're, that we're not through this already. Like, we still have some time. Before, we're not going to feel comfortable. Games are going to be different. God, I hope that college football and NFL football starts on time. But I don't, I don't know. Um, but I just don't want people to get comfortable and all of a sudden, four weeks from now, um, you know, holy hell breaks out and we take eight steps back and we truly don't have anything else the rest of the year sports-wise. Oh, right. And that could happen. Now, there, there is a – even though you have been quarantined, you have not left your house at all, um, there's a possibility that baseball will quarantine you before you can go back to work, correct? Right, correct, right. Yeah. That's the other reason I've laid low. That's the other reason I've laid low is because I have a feeling for any of us to come back, we're all going to get tested. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, so it's like, I, it, we, there's so many unknowns in all of this. And there's so many, you know, there's, you ask, you answer one question and five more questions come about. But yeah, the way it looks right early on, if it's like, if you want to be around them, you, you're going to have to be checked and clean. And uh, who knows? Who freaking knows? I keep hearing that we, that we think, I did an interview with Tito that's going to run on Tuesday on Sports Time. He told me that, and everything he's told me that was off the record, some of it's already come true, but he's already told me that what he said is, from what he's gathered, they are going to try to play baseball. They're going to go all out to try to do it. So keep your fingers crossed and hope, hope it happens. But, I, you know, like I said, watching the draft was funny because you saw kids having the best times of their life, and you start looking around rooms, and you're just like, if we were doing this in any other setting, people would be complaining. But because it was a draft and people were happy and it's the biggest moment of some of these kids' lives, I think for the most part, and I didn't hear people complaining about it, but I'm sure they were. No. They're kind of like, yeah, I get it. Right, right. All right, so um, the draft is over. You know, this Saturday is the first Saturday in May, which would mean the Kentucky Derby which would mean in the NBA playoffs, either game seven of a round one series or game one of a round two series. Uh, Kentucky uh, Derby Saturday is when Mayweather fought Pacquiao, right? Yeah, best, week, um, best weekends of the year. One of the best weekends of the year. Yeah. This one usually. Yeah, NBA games on Friday night and on Sunday afternoon, you know? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's next in the sports world is, you know, it's uncertain. They're bringing soccer back. In Germany, um, Dana White is doing that sport. <laughs> uh, um, but everybody else doing is, Dana White shit. you know, everybody else is still still waiting. And, um, you know, normally I'd be covering a rookie minicamp this weekend, right? right? You right. would be at a three-game weekend series, either here I'd be or in St. Pete. I'd be in I'd be in St. Pete right now, hungover, getting on the bus, getting ready to go to the ballpark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's interesting. That's for sure. It really is. Yeah. Uh, what's is. next in sports, we don't know. Though. Yeah, but I think we are getting closer. But like I said, we can't get cocky and think we got this thing. And I'm, look, I'm not a governor. I'm not a, I'm definitely not the president. Keep your bleach with your clothes. Um, but I think we're getting closer, but I, I can see the arrogance of us coming. Because you know why? And, it, and I'm saying this about you and I first and foremost. As a group, we're not used to hearing people tell us no, <laughs> and people and people all doing it. You're right. You know, like you know what I mean. Like it's like, and it's people like, oh, I can, you know, I can, I can creep, I can cheat, I can go, I can go grab a couple drinks with my buddy, I can go do this, I can do, you know, and it becomes, oh shit, there's 15 people. Like I saw like a video like in Georgia or Atlanta this past weekend, 
first day out, and you would have thought it was like it was Mardi Gras, and the, like everybody had to come out, sugar cart, like everybody had to hang out because it's like, man, this ain't that bad of a sentence in life, you dumbasses. You can chill out for another weekend at home, and, and you'll be okay. <laughs> Please do it. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Um, you know, I have played golf a few times, uh, uh-huh. walking and riding. Uh, obviously, you, you ride by yourself. It's strange. I, I feel comfortable. They they they're not allowed to sell uh, alcohol and ice and things in there, so you know it's kind of different. Now, where I play, it's always bring your own beer, whether it's legal or not. But anyway, that's for a different discussion. <laughs> um, but I can tell you this: like, I, I have not come within I have not touched anyone that I've played golf with you know I have safely tailgated uh now I'm much more anxious to wash my hands the second we're done but if you're playing golf you're usually doing that anyway quite frankly I'm just more anxious to do it right right um and I have you know sat in a neighbor's garage or sat on the on the deck but like run into a bar I mean the only my only awkward experiences Dre has been in stores and I've tried to like that and frankly, it's more just about the looks people give and just the bizarre shit. Like, I have a friend who lives two na- not far, but two neighborhoods away. And on one of my oh. drives one morning, I just I had nothing to do. So instead of going straight home, I peeled back in his neighborhood and just to see if he was out with the kids. And he wasn't. But just the number of people walking around and doing things in masks, it was like, this is like a movie. And I just, I would have never, ever, ever guessed that we would have been doing something yeah. like this. Yeah, it's. I agree. It's. Um, I mean, I'm in my car right now. I have a mask uh, in front of me. I haven't put it on yet, but I know that where I'm going. I'm like it's like you said. It's like a. It is like a. It's like a bad movie where you're like, damn, that's crazy. Um, but we bought masks. We have them just in case. And and at times I feel like, like not. I don't want to say we're overdoing it. I'm talking about my family. Um, but at the same time, I'd rather overdo it than underdo it at this point in time. Does that make sense? No. That. Yeah. You know, like. Makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, it's like I don't feel completely comfortable with everything, but if I can do a little bit more to make sure um, this doesn't become a catastrophe catastrophe for me or my family, then I'm a dumbass not to go the extra step and go a little bit further right. on it. I feel no, like. ex- that's exactly right. Like <laughs> one of my friends who lives a neighborhood away, I- I've said, hey, you know, we're going to be tomorrow night. We're having a few beers in the garage. And he said, I appreciate the offer and – I'm glad you guys are doing that for your sanity, he said. But I got three little ones, and we've just decided that uh, until they say it's clear that I'm going to stay here. And I said, hey, that's fine. You know, that's right. perfectly fine and understandable and how it has to be. All right, a couple things. Um, thanks, guys, for your support. Honeymoon Grill is open every day, online ordering, curbside. They have a drive through Go there and support them. We mentioned American Fireworks. They have all the stuff for all your virtual graduation parties, gender reveals, divorce parties. I heard of a Zoom wedding reception the other day. <laughs> um, look them up at AmericanFireworks.com. They will take care of you. Apologies uh, if Dre faded out a couple of times early in the call. That was on That was on me for not um, – I know that shocks you that I messed up something technology-wise. <laughs> Um, and anyway, one other story, and I think we both have this on our Instagram or maybe it was just Andre's Twitter. It's, you know, two, three weeks ago now when I dressed up on, on Easter to try to get some laughs out of people in this strange time. Um, apparently Dre, apparently my high school basketball coach follows me on Instagram because he lives directly across the street from one of my friends. And last week I was dropping something off on their front porch in the middle of the day. And so I jogged up there and I left it. And as I was coming back to the car, he came outside and he said, Zach, 
And I said, hi, coach. And he said, why didn't you come over here on Easter? I'm crushed. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, coach, I always knew I'd make you proud. So now that I'm 40 and I'm dressing as a fucking Easter bunny, I'm glad I could accomplish that. That is tremendous. I got to ask you this before we go, if we're going. Um, We're 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 40% into the last dance. Yeah. Um, I don't – and – I thought last night's was really good because I think I think the shot here, I was at the game, the shot, and they went through it, and obviously I was like nine or ten when it happened, whatever, whatever age. And I think from our side of it, the Cleveland side of it, it's always been like a, a dagger in the heart. But seeing it the way they showed it, it did show that that was like the next step for Michael. Like the shot was a big deal. And you hear him, you know, go to fuck home is what he's yelling to everybody. Like that was – I was glad I got to see that from another side. It never felt good. It never was something that I was, like, proud of. It was something that always kind of – every time I saw the shot before last night, it was always going to be like, ah, here we go again. Right. But it was cool to see it from the other side. The other thing is that I'll take from this so far, and it's been excellent. I got no complaints. But, damn, Michael is heartless, and he kind of snitches like Kobe snitched. Kobe was really Michael Jordan. Like, tell him about Scotty Burrell the way he did, tell him about the cocaine going on with all his teammates when he came in. Um, Jordan is a goat, but damn, you got to quit telling on everybody, man. And he hates Isaiah Thomas. I love that. So <laughs> uh, I do want to talk more in depth. And I watched the first two episodes, and I was mesmerized. But last night I went to bed. The draft all week. Okay. Um, led okay. To Sunday, cleaning up some things, and then um, drinking myself long to bed before nine o'clock. So um, I am not caught up. But that that's another thing. Kudos to ESPN for moving that up and getting that out there while people want to see it. And I mean, that's our wheelhouse. I wasn't at the yeah. shot. I was at the Coliseum the night he scored 69. I can tell you oh. where I was, who I was with, and what I was doing when the shot happened, even though I was in third grade. You know? Well, it's wait just... till you see it. Let me know when you see three and four. Yeah. We, we It'll be this week. It'll be this week. I'm like okay. a brand new man. Yeah. Um, you know, eventually I'm going to get myself <laughs> back on the work train, but, um, you know, it, it's it's a total total reset. So glad to see the sun out. Actually going to take my fat ass for a walk here real shortly when we hang up and then get back. So, guys, thanks for your support. Um, Be kind to each other. Everybody's dealing with this. You know, the other day I had to stop some idiots from on Twitter, and it's not it's not my responsibility, but it's like just just be less stupid than normal. You know, just right. Right. Like I, I saw a wreck the other day. And part of the reason was that people stop in the middle of the road because the Starbucks line is so long and it looked like everybody right. was OK. I felt awful. But you're shaking when you see that, right? And it was it was 10 minutes no from my house. And in that 10 minutes, there were like three other people just driving like idiots. And there were almost two other wrecks. And I just thought, you know, like everyone's just so on edge, right? Like it's yeah. it's just dangerous. And so you just, you just have to be careful. And when you do get the opportunity to interact with anyone, be nice. Um, people close to me from my whole life, they lost their father the other day. It, which is always awful, but especially in this time, you know, imagine what that must be like. And you just don't know. You see people taking the trash out or in the grocery store or driving down the road. And um, it's crazy. So hopefully, you know, we'll get back to normal. Hopefully the sun coming out will brighten moods and uh, you know, we'll get through this. So it's okay to not be okay, but just be nice to everybody in the process. That's my lecture for the day. I agree. He's dead on. Be nice. Take the time out to think about it. Um, what other everybody else is going through. We all have moments and times right now that we can complain about. Um, but I guarantee you, 
no matter who it is, if you got the 45 minutes, 50 minutes to listen to us, there's probably somebody that's got it way worse than you. Um, and remember that. Just just take care and take care of your family members. Take care of your neighbors, uh, especially the older ones. They can use the help. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with doing a good deed for somebody else. It doesn't mean that you know you're gonna get paid off in, in seven virgins or something when you die. Um, but it's okay. <laughs> okay, that's our cue. We'll talk to you next time on ABC. <laughs>